0: The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dave.
1: How's it going, Dave? It is a lovely Sunday morning here in South Florida, Ryan. Everything is peachy king riding with my windows down, to quote the late, great Jim Mandich. Jim Mandich? Yeah. That's... You understand that... It's the, a very, the podcast I know, it's just,
0: is like we have a national audience. I know, now. I know.
1: Local references get you local work. I'm sorry.
0: I like that. <laughs> that's a nice phrase. I kind of that's that's enjoyable. Yeah. yeah I would work. I would dispute your claim that it is a beautiful day. It is, it looks very nice outside, yeah. but it is surface of the sun hot right now. Miami is a miserable place to be it, right it, now. It's quite toasty. It's yeah. it, I, I mean and you, I mean, do you have kind of a darker car like yes. me? Yeah, it's black. And so, like, every, you know, when you walk into the car, I mean, it's been sitting out there all day. Like, everything's hot and, like, yeah. you feel like your skin's melting. I still have to get a shade for it. Yeah, I don't have one of those either. Yeah. Can, can you get, like, one of those that were popular, like, in the ni- early 90s, the
1: ones that look like giant sunglasses? No, that's dumb. Oh, do you think they still sell those? I don't know. But I could get the one that has... Uh- <laughs> You know, Han, Chewie, Luke, and Obi-Wan in the <laughs> cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Well, if you do,
0: I think you'd be doing the listeners a service by tweeting that out. I think we all like to see that.
1: Yeah, but everyone has those. those it's a little bit cliche, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. That old chestnut. Yes. Uh, you. Uh,
0: we would ask, before we get started, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, can you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast? Uh, so, la- last you're asking t- me? Yeah, no. Well... Last week, uh-huh. I felt like we came on a little strong. We were almost yelling at the audience. Yeah. So this week, I think let's let's take a softer touch. Uh, listeners, if you'd be so kind, you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher where you can find our podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you could just you know throw us a nice rating, a you know, five-star rating. Uh, throw us a review. Let us let people know why you like us. Uh, you can email the podcast. I mean, if
1: it's not too much trouble. No, no, no. Yeah. And by the way, while you're doing all that, please enjoy these free scones. Oh, yeah. Scones. Delicious. Yeah. They're, right, they're scones. right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just come on down.
0: Email the podcast at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K A I R. Dave, take the stone out scone. Damn it. Let me try that again. Dave, take the scone out of your mouth and tell them where they can find you on Twitter. Shoot. Wow, you stink today. I know. Um,
1: well, no, you don't stink today. No, you're, 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 we're going to be, no, happy pots. That's, right. that's right. That's right. We're being positive. kind right now. Ryan, I appreciate you and your mistakes. I love you despite them. I love you because of them. Maybe oh, that's, that's, that's really sweet. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, at you Metal appreciate Dave, appreciate me and my yeah. faults. Yeah, at Metal Dave eighty five. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Please, pretty please with sugar on top of it. Oh, I like. Unless it. you're diabetic, then you know I'll take off the sugar. Splenda, yeah. Truvia, or no? Doesn't Splenda cause cancer? Well, then so does everything. Yeah, think true. Truvia causes cancer. What doesn't cause cancer? I think cancer. Uh, I'm pretty sure doctors one day are going to say that. That'll be that'll be the ultimate twist. Oof yeah. curveball yeah uh,
0: you can also what else can they do oh facebook how about that that's it's new but it's good oh. facebook uh, like us there facebook.com slash break the business and i think i've just about covered anything oh no i did not where are my manners probably the best form of promotion the one that i think gets us the most juice is uh telling a friend oh that's you right know. the friend thing yeah if you you know what right now right now if you're listening to this podcast you you right now i'm listening to you you're listening to me god i'm bad at this just tell a damn friend i had this whole bit where i was like oh you're listening you're listening to the podcast go tell a friend right now but i can't talk today
1: what if tell a friend what if there's a person listening that has no friends right now and you have just like made their day exponentially worse what better way to make a friend
0: by just turning to the person next to you on the subway or on the bus or
1: on the dirigible that you're in But now they're just a weirdo talking to someone on, like, a stranger on a bus. And now they're they're, they're getting pepper sprayed right now. Oh, my God! The pepper spray's out! Oh, my God! Of all the people to talk to on the dirigible! (laughs) What's with you and the dirigible? It's a funny word, isn't it? Is this Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? We need to bring back dirigibles.
0: It was Lou Perlman. Remember, Lou Perlman was in the blimp business.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. He was the reason that they didn't take off. That's right. You know, he, he prevented big dirigible from really... No, yeah. It wasn't that little... Tiny thing that happened in the 20s. That little uh German that minor, airship, and minor accidents. Yeah. It was snafu, really. Didn't, didn't really stick the landing. <laughs> Anywho,
0: um, speaking of things that are not terrible disasters, our guest this week is fantastic. I love this guy a nice. lot. Steve Paul Nice segue. <laughs> yeah. From Music Launch Hub. Uh, we're going to have him on in the next segment. He's going to talk about all the parts of the music launch process. Because most people, when they think of music launch, they think of just that, you know, clicking the button to
1: put your song on Bandcamp or Spotify or something like that. If music launch, Ryan, if if it's just a blimp named music that he's launching, I'm going to be very upset with you.
0: <laughs> I didn't even realize until now that I was talking about blimps and we have the music launch expert on in the next segment.
1: Yeah, if he's, if, oh, if you're going to talk to him like, so Steve, so what's it like? and how, Tips for independent artists. And he'll be like, um, I, I thought I was here to talk about the launch of my new airship music. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's shaped like a quarter note. <laughs> the engineers have been kind of on me for that in terms of aerodynamics, but I think we're gonna give it a try. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's he's a great expert he's he talks about the, all the aspects of the music launch process to startup funding creation the actual launch itself and all the stuff that you have to do after the launch to make sure that your next launch is also terrific he's helium helium oh you got to have helium because <laughs> I mean, it can it can it needs to be lighter than air it's yeah. not going anywhere can't be hydrogen how are you going to record the NFL football games without your helium in your blimp mm-hmm. All right. So that's what we got coming up in the next segment. And of course, we got all kinds of fun in the D block where we get goofy and talk about stuff that isn't music business because you know we got to get you in the tent somehow so we get silly so that mm-hmm. you listen to boring lost stuff like I'm going to talk about right mm-hmm. now. Let's talk about record contracts
1: oh your favorite thing in
0: the yeah. wide world record and, contracts and so i feel like since we're talking about the law i feel like i can play this bit which this clip which we have not played in a long time but this mm-hmm. is what we use for law clips
2: why did you judge me you killed and disappeared. The means to an end you started a mess i caused the revolution you betrayed the law. law
0: yeah let's talk about some law
1: is record contracts under that jurisdiction oh you're making a sour face what i can't play that clip I don't know if it's in the spirit of what it's intended to. But we play that clip whenever we
0: talk about law stuff. Is this going to be about law? Are contracts not law? It's a class you take in law school? Are you saying I can only do it when we're talking about like legal
1: news? Hmm, I don't know. We should get Armand DeSante down here. You have have him t- break the tie on this? Or oh, No, actually, we should just get Judge Rico.
0: Because that's his character. That's right. <laughs> You think he'd be willing to do that? Like, hey Armand, we want you to come on, but we want you to be it as Judge Rico.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that's just Armand Desante, actually.
0: That's true. It's not really a stretch.
1: Even as Odysseus, he was kind of like out there. I forgot that he was Odysseus. Remember?
0: (laughs) On the NBC miniseries of the Odyssey? Yes.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow, you pulled that one deep. Well, because remember, like, they would always, that, it feels like that was always on during school. Like, they would always play it for us in classes. <laughs> yes, that when was. When nothing was going on, we'd always watch the Odyssey.
0: That that was, you know, last three days of class, teachers hung over, needs to play something. Yeah. and watch the Odyssey. Yeah, That's exactly. true. Like, oh,
1: here comes Scylla and Charybdis. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, can I tell you what I was really doing there? It's been so long since I've gotten to play that clip because we haven't done a lot of pure entertainment legal news. It's been a lot of tips. Mm-hmm. And I just really wanted to play that clip again. So I get it wasn't the perfect fit, but it's kind of law-related, talking about contracts. Okay. So, yeah. I hate to judge me? You killed and disappeared. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. 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 It's time right. for some law. All right. So uh, I wrote an article uh, this past week. It was actually a pretty lazy <laughs> article writing on my part uh, because really Hypebot just printed a uh, excerpt of my book. <laughs> oh, my God. So you didn't write an article. I wrote something, and there was an article. Therefore, ipso facto,
1: I wrote an article. That's an excerpt. That's not an article. They printed an excerpt that you didn't write an article. It appeared in the article section of Hypebot, and I wrote it. A bull. I'm no. That no 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 no. I've met all. I've met all the requirements. I wrote it. Check. It's an article. Check. It's not an article. You it, wrote a book.
0: I also wrote a book. Yes. Like in, cer- and I wrote something that appeared in the article section of Hypebot.
1: Like in the, like in the old, like sometimes like Harper's or whatnot. Back in the old days, or Collins or whatever. Harper's. You know, they would print excerpts from books, like like from Nathaniel Hawthorne or something like that. Nathaniel Hawthorne didn't write an article for Harper's. You know what? You're absolutely right.
0: I like your analysis better because now you've likened me to Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, no, I understand. No, we're one and the same list you know great authors throughout history who have their works excerpted ryan carella nathaniel hawthorne right next to each other thank you thank you david thank you well, i'm
1: more of a melville man myself so you can just go screw yourself get out of here scarlet letter and whatever else you wrote <laughs> that's like the only thing we know of him okay
0: well it is actually an interesting excerpt i i I liked that part. I thought you of had a legitimate story you're going to discuss. Well, no, I want to talk about what's in that article because I think it's an important segment. You, what's That what's article in the book? that I wrote.
1: <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I Can't believe it, you.
0: I can't it, believe you. Is it legit lazy that I that I didn't actually because I've written an article for Hypop before, but they wanted another one and I was just kind of like, here. And you, take this oh, wait, thing that I wrote so for the book.
1: You just went to the Word document that was your book. Cut and paste from a chapter? No,
0: no. I told him it was an excerpt, and the and the article does say that this is an excerpt from Break the Business. So I'm not lying to them with this article I wrote for HypeBot.
1: <laughs> go, go. Do 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 what you want. Go, it's, it's your stuff. Go, just a, go. But it's it's an important topic. I'm uh, sure it is because,
0: <laughs> because it. Uh, It talks about sort of the record-making process and Mm -hmm. really one of the fundamental things that's most problematic about record deals and something that when I explain to artists how it works, they think it's ridiculous. Because when – in the book, and this isn't in the excerpt, but when artists come to me and ask me to look at their record deal and they cannot afford legal services, Mm -hmm. I tend to have my own form of compensation, which is they have to listen to me give them the talk. Before I'll review their contract, they have to let me try to talk them out of the contract. Okay, That's my compensation. And so one of the things I say is, why do you want a record deal? And they say, well, among other things, I can't, aff- you know, I-, I can't pay for music. I can't afford to make my music. And so I need them to pay for it. And I will say inevitably back to them, but under this deal, you are paying for the music. And they say, what do you mean? It says it says right here the record label has a recording fund, and what they don't understand how this works, and many artists don't, is under a standard record deal, the label will in many cases indeed funnel fund the money to get your record made,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but then once the record is made, you pay them back out of the tiny tiny tiny, you know eight cents to the dollar royalties Mm -hmm. that you. Make out of the record deal. And you don't see any money. You make no money from the deal until you have paid the label back. And it's not just the making of the record. Many record deals will also throw in there the cost to make the music video, the cost for independent promoters, the cost for the websites. I've seen, I've even seen record deals where they say, any expense that we make on your behalf, including just like, you know, our own labor on it, we're going to hold you responsible for having to pay Mm -hmm. us back. Before you see any money, and that surprises many artists because they think that this record deal is okay. We're we're a partnership. We are we're gonna we're gonna be in this together. Your success is my success. And what they come to eventually find out is it's not a partnership. It is a loan, and it's a crappy loan. It's a loan with terrible terms. But the record label
1: is the bank, and the artist is the debtor. Did you mean okay? Because it's funny the, the way you said that. It's not a partnership. It's a loan. Is it a loan or are you alone? Well, a little bit of both, actually. Right? That's very deep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's, you're not on a hardship. You're alone. It's a loan.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, you you are alone in the sense that in many of these deals, the label will promise to help you promote this record, and then mm-hmm. you know they get yeah. bored and they don't promote it. But. It's
1: a lot like the movie Office Space. Instead of just taking fractions here or there, not noticeable, they take fractions that add up to like ninety five percent, and it's right in front of your face. That's right. And and so that's the thing. You know, I would almost understand
0: because you know the other side; those people are going to say, "Well, the label's making an investment in you," mm-hmm. and and you know, to be real, the label also has many other artists, many of whom fail, and if they don't do the model this way, where they can recoup their investment early, then the business model doesn't work. I mean, and my, of course my response to that is then maybe it shouldn't be a business model. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if your business cannot exist unless you're exploiting people, then right. you probably shouldn't be in business. But what, uh, you know, know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, you're
0: just going to destroy America, right?
1: Yeah. Um, hello. Hello. Capital versus labor for the last
0: over a hundred years. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, although I mean, it'd be nice if this was capital versus labor because if the artists were at least employees of the record label, they could get oh, a regular true. salary, health yeah. insurance, but rights. they don't get any of that
1: crap. Yeah, and, and even targeting rights, yeah. and even now those, those don't even make any difference. But anyway, we're going down to sidetrack. That's right. <laughs> and but and so I almost
0: almost understand getting to make your investment back. But how about if the deal was you don't see any royalties until the label makes its investment back from all of the money in the deal. Like all the money that comes in, you know, the stuff that the label's entitled to, the stuff that the artist is entitled to, once all the costs are recouped, then everybody, artist and label, will split profits. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they do. The label gets to start making its money from its cut, that 92 cents on the dollar, from day one. So there, plus your chunk of it is paying off the recording costs, the marketing costs, the promotion costs. And, you know, that seems ridiculous to me. And, and it comes back to a sort of a, in, you know, it's sort of a, an impulse that I think I wish was prevalent in the music industry, which is not, but it's not, which is we tend to value financial investment more than the labor investment of artists mm-hmm. in a project. Because I've seen this a lot where I've had artists come up to me who are stuck in record deals and they'll say to me, hey, can you try to get me out of it? And when I you know, try to talk to the label about re- negotiating a release, they'll always give this move. Yeah, I'll let them out of the contract. Just as soon as I get back the hundred and thousand <laughs> d- 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 that I put into the project. That's, the, I mean, first of all, when a record executive gives you that number that they say they have put into the artist that they yep. need to recoup back, whatever they're saying, they are always overstating it by like a factor of 10 you know cuz they'll say like oh we put all this money into promotion and it's like well i've never actually seen you do any promotion for this artist and i think you're just you know going on these private jet trips and charging it to the artist but either like, way well,
1: well listen you know i had to i had to meet you know i had to meet uh, what's his face wolfgang to talk about you know album concept covers, and that took, you know, that was a lunch, man. And, you know, hey, man, you you know, you got to order the bottles of wine, right, man? That's how this business in this town works, man. So, you know, here's what what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Buddy, I want to get back to you with the numbers, and I think we'll make them look better. (laughs) And, yeah, and no, but no, that's
0: that that tends to be where they come at it with. But the other problem with that argument, other than they always inflate the numbers in that release negotiation, Mm -hmm. is it ignores the fact that the artist has made an investment too, an investment that they'll never get back, an investment of time. You know, When an artist has been stuck in a record deal for three years, four years, think of the opportunity cost of all the recording projects they could have done, all the things they could have done in their career that Mm -hmm. they have not been able to do because they've been under this label's thumb. And it always equals, if not exceeds, the monetary investment that the label put in. And so I've, I've never bought that argument and, but it's, but it's always a problem in the industry where labels always inflate their financial investment, but always discount the artist's time investment. And it's just super problematic. And I'll I'll tell you this model, you know, that, that label model where the artist has to pay off the, it's, you know, it's debt to the label before the artist sees a dime, but the label can start eating at the trough right away. Mm -hmm it's so prevalent that when I, you know, when I put this article, this article I wrote. Yeah. This original <laughs> thought onto HypeBot. I inevitably get this internet comment. Uh, so ready for this. Okay. You make it sound like it's some shady thing. It's not. I think if you're single, will generate revenue of, Ten a hundred ten thousand dollars, and I'm going to split the royalties 50-50, fifty. I'm going to give you an advance of twenty five hundred to record the single. That means out of the five thousand you expect to get paid, the top twenty five hundred is going to pay for the recording. Hence, an advance. Like,
1: is that guy for real?
0: That's I, That's an actual comment on this article. I mean, most of the other commenters, like I've seen people retweet this article and they're like, "Yeah, this is awesome. You know, finally somebody says it." And this guy's like camping camping for the I, th- I think this is music industry fat cat the character that you brought in. Oh, please Ryan, don't
1: I have 50%. <laughs> what are you talking about, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what 50%? do you say what am I? A communist. <laughs> Ryan, these David da- Davidov anniversario number number 2 uh, Cigars. Ooh. These uh, these are uh, okay, I don't get Casa de Garcia uh, Cigars over here, Ryan. All right, 50%. That guy's, that guy's uh, cheap. He's, he's small-time, buddy. Well, and that's that's one of many problems with this
0: statement is, one, I would love to see a contract that actually split things 50-50. I,
1: also, I just love the idea that this guy had, uh, was explaining to you what an advance is. Yeah. Because you don't know. Yeah, no, advance. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> excuse me, sir, point of order. It didn't say point of order. Oh, yes, of course. It did? No. Oh, damn. I wish that guy said point of order. It wasn't a high school debate. I kind of... I, I post more articles. Well, articles. <laughs> I'm nope. using quotes. People can't see your air yeah, quotes. Yeah, I'm, I'm using air quotes for articles. <laughs> and Because I just want to see if this guy starts following you and what his comments are. Because I, I, I feel like he doesn't know
0: anything. Well, I mean, first of all, 50-50. I would love to see a contract that just said... You know, after we after all of the money that gets made, you get percent recoups all the costs, we split things 50-50 as partners. That would be an amazing contract. You show me that contract. I might actually tell an artist to sign it. But that's not, you know commenter. That's not what record deals are because it's not after we've paid for the recording. We'll split the money. Definitely not (laughs) 50-50. It's after you, the artist, have paid for the recording out of your infinitesimal royalty rate that we have kept artificially low because we're jerks. Um, Then we will start letting you share in the money. Meanwhile, we've already started sharing in the vast majority of it from the beginning. Oh, and in closing, we talk about this being a loan, except it's the worst kind of loan because with every other loan that exists, you get to own the thing that you're getting, mm-hmm. like,
1: after you pay it off, yeah, yeah
0: after, or even before you pay it That's off. That's true. Yeah, like yeah. I'm paying off a mortgage right now, but this is my house. That's true. But with a music recording, so the artist is paying off the loan that is this recording, but do they get to own the recording? No, it belongs to the record label. So you're paying off the record. La- you're paying off your debt, so the record label can own something you create. But you're right,
1: commenter. This isn't shady at all. No. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah. It's like, oh, it doesn't seem that shady whatsoever. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess also maybe I guess also loan sharks aren't shady because, hey, man, they, they do you the courtesy of letting you know when your money's due. And if, you, if You have a broken leg. Who cares? I feel like even a loan shark would be like, dude, this is messed up.
0: I mean, at least when we loan people money, they get to keep the thing as long as they pay us back. <laughs>
1: That's true. Yeah, I guess the mafia does have some standards. I know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but like he he like the commenter says, this is oh you th- you make this sound so shady, only because there I've never seen any other business transaction that works this way outside of the entertainment industry. But other
1: than that, it's not shady at no. all.
0: Anyway. You think, can they hear the puppy barking I, on the
1: recording? I pro- probably, but then again, sometimes we hear things they don't, and then they think we're insane.
0: So if you followed us on Twitter, you know that I got this new puppy, Molly, and she barks all the time. And the studio is fairly soundproof mm-hmm. because it's a converted garage. And so that that door, when it closes, it's it's pretty airtight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're actually suffocating in here. Oh, yes. We've been slowly dying every single time we do this show. For your entertainment. Yes. But that dog, it still barks so loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let me just say this last thing about my puppy Yeah. before we uh, get into uh, Steve Palferman. So puppies are hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is, this is tough. And the first couple days she got here, she was super scared and skittish and she would like lay by our feet all day and we just, you know, and she, I was like, oh, she's a delight. She's so docile and quiet. Now she's insane. Yeah. And... I know I'm going gonna, gonna to get all the emails like, oh, you, you know, oh, it's because you're a bad owner. You're not taking care of her the right way. It's all true. It's all true. I mean, it could very well be, but this dog still needs yeah. to give us a well, break.
1: Here's the thing. You know what, Ryan? I'm going to step outside and yeah. take care of Molly while you do the interview with uh, Steve of ah, Paul from right. next. And I so like I'm going to go ahead and just take care of the animal. So you won't hear me on that because I'm going to take care of the animal. Okay. Very let's, good. Let's do that. Steve Falferman up next on
0: the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True success in the music industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. He is a musician and marketing professional from Melbourne, Australia. He is the founder of Music Launch Hub, an online community where musicians and music professionals can collaborate and provide support on projects. Music Launch Hub also offers tons of free content for its community members to help them with their creative and business endeavors. On September 13th, he will be launching the Music Launch Summit, a free online conference featuring insight from over 40 music industry experts who will be covering the keys to a successful music launch. You can find out more about his work by visiting musiclaunchhub.com and stevepalferman.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Palferman is on the Break the Business podcast. Steve, how's it going? Awesome now.
2: Best intro ever. Thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'll take that. Um, it is, it's is—it's a thrill to have you here. I'm a big fan of what you're doing and all the great resources you have. I especially love that so many of them are free. Kudos to you. The price is right there. Um, that's uh, terrific. And I want to start my conversation with you the way I, I love talking to these to you guys, the musician turn industry experts, because I love hearing about the journey of how you went from point A to point B. So what's your story, Steve? How did you get involved from uh, starting out as a musician to helping artist launch their creative content?
2: out of sheer necessity pretty much uh I'm still I'm still an artist still play music uh you know want to be putting more time into that actually after the summit's finished I'm just gonna go and bury myself into music I think for a while but uh really what happened was like er, in the early days like when I was 16 17 seeing what was happening at, like like our career chances were so nil uh we're from I'm from a, a small town called Hobart in Tasmania and uh there's just wasn't a lot going on and so I started paying attention to what was happening uh what other artists were doing and uh and kind of knew that I would have to find a path for us and so I started just getting uh knee deep into into marketing stuff which I just by total accident found fascinating
0: well, that's sort of fortunate. <laughs> um, and I guess coming, yeah, you know, pretty when, much. <laughs> when you come from a small place like where you're from, I mean, marketing is all the more critical because you're, you're sort of at a disadvantage at getting your content out. So I guess, as you said, you probably had to build that expertise by necessity. Um, when it comes to music launching, I'm going to ask you a question that you might find insulting, but I hope you're one of these, there are no stupid questions, people. But what do you mean by music launch? Uh, what are the aspects of a
2: music launch? So yeah, that actually is a really good question because yes. I've had it a few times, and I, <laughs> yeah. I was so afraid. Uh, I know it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fair. I think, like some people would call it a re- well, some people would call it a release, but I feel like release gives the wrong impression because that's what most people are doing. Most people are just releasing music, and I really want the conversation to change to hey, and even not just. Hey, how do we launch our next album? I want people to be going. How do I launch this one piece of content that I have prepared to put out on Facebook in ten minutes? Like, I, I really think we need to dissect what we're doing and go and put a bit of strategy behind everything we're doing. And go, well, what is what is this next thing that I'm doing? What is it then leading towards? And so, when when we build the pieces together for a bigger launch, I mean, I'm about to launch this summit, and you know the bigger the launch the more cogs that go together to build that traction to build that momentum to i guess get that movement to it's the difference from turning what you're doing as a as a daily chore into building a movement and i that that's what i hope people start to see it's not just about throwing music out into the world
0: so it sounds like it has a much wider temporal component than what you might think is launch sounds like okay the process of like clicking the button to put my music on spotify but it sounds like you know th- there's a there's a longer timeline you know the launch process uh happens much earlier than the time of release and also extends long after the actual release is, is am i off base there
2: I, no, I think you. I think you're exactly right. It can change for every artist. The, the, the fascinating thing is when I went into, when I started interviewing these experts for the summit, um, I had a good idea about what I thought it meant to launch music, and the, every with every single conversation, I would realise that it was even more malleable than I thought at the beginning that was so, there's just so, I mean, you could, you could be preparing to launch for like five years if you wanted and, and really be trickling out content before you put out a record and and probably get away with it. If you had a strategy, that's what I'm seeing now. And so it isn't just about clicking a button. You're exactly right.
0: And so it can change from artist to artist. It can change by the nature of the product product or the project or, you know, how you sort of characterize your releases and um and so it sounds like it's a lot more moving parts than one might expect and that sort of brings me to your program the music launch hub which i imagine walks people through that uh tell us about music launch hub but what can artists find on that platform
2: uh, at the moment the the best place to hang outs the Facebook group and uh, I mean it's like it's still early days so uh so like as far as what I what, what I see it becoming it's like there's it's maybe one percent of that uh, but uh in the, in the community at the moment already there's uh 335 people I believe I'm not really yeah, I'm counting, um, and I'm just paying attention to every time somebody comes in, and uh, there's a really close-knit little community there. We're all very welcoming of each other, and uh, and uh, actually interesting. If there's musicians watching, please come in because the th- <laughs> and, and and say hello, because when I started this, I was really worried that industry people wouldn't want to come in and hang out. And it would just be musicians. And don't get me wrong. I love hanging out with musicians. I'm a musician. But I really wanted the expert guidance there as well as the artists because I think we need to learn from each other. And what's happened is there's a lot of artists hanging out in the background. So if you're an artist, please come in, introduce yourself, and you will stand out in my in my world. I'll give you more, definitely more attention than uh, the industry guys. <laughs>
0: no, that's cool. I mean, the size sounds just about – Perfect. You know, because you it's a critical, you know, you have a nice critical mass of artists and industry professionals, but it's not so big that an art voice of one particular person is going to get lost in the mass. I think that's a that's delightful. Um, A couple weeks ago, we had a we had an episode of the podcast where we were talking with I was talking with my co-host about the importance of building your own community as an artist. And and the fact that it's you know, it's good to have a, a group of artists and professionals to collaborate with. But if you live in a small town it can be hard to find that community. You can't just you know, create a songwriter's cooperative if you live in a small place. And the Internet can play a big role in giving you that community if you're not physically close to one. And so I think you're, you're, you know, the Music Launch Summit, this Facebook group, this platform you're developing is a great example of having that kind of community online. And the, the benefits of it uh, are you know, super awesome.
2: Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I, I really, I mean, I think probably coming from a small town definitely without me realizing it ha- probably helped the inspiration for this needing to happen. Uh, that and I've been to a, so many physical conferences and I just, I love them. They're amazing. And I, you know, if I, if I could do it, if they, you know, if they were every week and my liver could survive, then I would go to one every week. And uh, cause I think you just, you walk away from those things and you're so pumped and then you, you're like, what do I do now? I forgot what I was inspired about.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, well, and, and that does, of course, uh, you know, you know, provide a natural segue to talk about your music launch summit, uh, which we're going to we're we'll talk about in detail because I'm super excited about this online conference you've essentially created. But before that, I want to uh, ask you one more question about music launches, because I do think this is important and, and artists have to execute the launch effectively to move their careers forward. So, when you've seen artists work their way through the music launch process, this, this long timeline that can you know, ex, you know, last well before a release happens and long after the release goes out, where, what areas of the launch do you tend to see artists get tripped up the most? Where, where do you think the mistakes tend to get made most frequently?
2: Uh, so I, I kind of, uh, and i and I might change this, but at, at the moment I kind of see it like there should be three different cycles of launching. And actually, there's, uh, the VIPs have a little workshop on this, which walks through the, the process, um, the summit VIPs that is, uh, but the idea, I think most people are hanging out in phase two and they think that they're like, they're just waiting, waiting, waiting. They're, they're working on their music. I've done this plenty of times okay, my music's ready, cool, I better launch this. And they go straight from zero to phase two. And phase two is the launch phase, which is where you go for the ask. And you're like, hey, guys, support my thing. And without it's, – it's just the same as going to a coffee shop and saying, give me that coffee. She <laughs> sure. was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sir? What? Uh, give me that coffee. Um, it's no different. Even if you're like, hey, can you buy my track? Like – There is so much lead up that needs to happen to build the relationship. And I'm sure like, like you're saying before, you would, you you would have talked about building that community first, um, and giving them so much like that, that, that first cycle is the most important cycle and that's the nurture cycle. And then I, I, so I, I think everybody's hanging out in phase two when they should be hanging out in phase one for a lot longer. And then I think the other thing that happens is they launch and then they don't know what to do next. So they miss the second most important part, which is phase three, which is the, um, the support phase where they're supporting the people that have supported them. And they're, and they're gearing up for it's kind of like another nurture phase just on steroids because they're still talking about their launch and they can still get follow up sales. So I think they miss the before and the after more than anything just by just by going, oh, let's just get this thing out there.
0: Oh yeah, it gets back to what we implied before that uh, you know if you tend to see launch synonymously with release, that's how you're going to run into problems because you're going to not pay enough attention to that before and after process of the launch. Um, I love. Let me now Let's let's move to this summit because I'm I'm excited for this. I was looking at the the uh, list of speakers you have for this music launch summit, this online summit you have, and oh my goodness, the heavy hitters you have. Um, I don't know. how I mean, you, you must have done some bribing or something to get all these great <laughs> music industry people to, you know, to be part of this music launch summit. Um, so you got all these folks together to walk artists through the various aspects of the music launch. The summit is free, which is awesome. It uh, starts up September 13th. Uh, so how can artists find this summit and what can they expect from it?
2: Uh, yeah, so musiclaunchsummit.com is where you can get a free pass. Uh, you can expect, my gosh, I mean, like I've been working with artists and at, I mean, I've been an artist for what, to more than ten years, like, like, like professionally trying to do it, and uh, and working with bands for years and years and years on this stuff, and I still learnt stacks. Um, so I, I think, I think there's something for everybody. There's sessions and actually here's the most interesting bit. If you come on day one, uh, I'm actually going to be doing like a live stream, uh, on the summit page where, uh, I'm going to walk through if, if somebody comes up and goes, Hey, this is where I'm at. I'm going to tailor the sessions for you so that you can literally know these are the five or six handpicked sessions that I need to make, like, put in my calendar now and make sure that I get. Um, And I say that because there's there's a a time limit to um, on all the sessions. To uh, keep the procrastinators or give them a little kick because I'm one of those people, um, <laughs> so each session basically streams for, for for free for three days, and I'll come and hand I'll handpick your sessions if you rock up on day one. There's something there for you if you're if you haven't started and you're listening here because you want to learn about like where to begin. Then there's three four sessions that I think you should you should go for, and if you're more advanced and you want to make better yeah. demos and then think about. Um, building a membership site for example or, or a patreon campaign then there's sessions that are going to make sense for you so I think initially when I started reaching out to people it was just going to be a marketing launch conference and it's it's turned into something that covers like every angle of an artist's career which is pretty exciting
0: that is exciting man I I've whenever I've gone to music conferences I always feel a little twinge of guilt because I'm like there are so many artists who could be benefiting from the insight here, and I know that most of them, you know, they don't live in places where these conferences are, and can't afford the trip. And even if they do live in those places, they might not be able to afford the entrance for it. and And so, the fact that you've sort of brought a lot of these insights uh, to the masses with a free online conference, which has a VIP section, of course, which I which I would certainly encourage people to avail themselves of if they uh, have the means for it. I just think that's really, really cool. Um, I want to go to your website here. Steve, because I, 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 I was listening to your, uh, your bio because it's a, it was a video and I, you know, you said something in there that sort of intrigued me, um, cause it gets right into what the core fundamental concept is of our show. And I'd love to get some elaboration from you on this. You said that one of your goals is you wanted to build a music industry for artists and not have these artists rely on lottery tickets, i.e. record deals. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I, I get crushed on so many levels when I see, and it happens to happens to like it's happened to people I know, when they're sitting there waiting and waiting almost for nothing. Like it reminds me of like the story of a uh, like an elderly person with dementia being taken to the bus, like walking to the bus stop each day and waiting for the bus. And, uh, and you know, and each day they'll go back cause they don't remember that they went the next day and they're just hoping, waiting for that bus to come to leave, you know, like stories like that. It's this, it feels the same to me as somebody sitting there going, is this label going to pick me up? But then I also get scared on the other side of when I hear friends and they're like, Hey, uh, got, uh, got this deal on the table. I'm like, Oh no. run, please run. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I've seen uh, like horror stories, you know, I've, I've, the bands that I've used to, um, used to gig with, uh, have had to break up because of deals gone badly. Um, like career destroying things have happened. And I'm not saying that's the whole, whole industry at by any means. And I, and I do think there's a place for, for deals, still labels and all that sort of thing. I just, have a big problem with the major label ethos that is still soaked through the veins of the music industry and i don't think i mean it, it where where we are now what we can do it, it, we don't need to have that re- that rhetoric here anymore and i think we need to like all of us need to work together to get rid of it and that means we need to find better ways to work smaller uh, together, build tighter net communities with our fans as well as our teams and our, our fellow bands. And if, and you know, if that means like all the, all the bands in, uh, you know, in a ten-kilometer radius of one one genre in Melbourne start a record label, uh, and they start a movement, then perfect. Uh, because we've got a lot of power and we work together. And, uh, and I think just waiting and hoping is, is going to be a, a very disastrous career move for Lord. I mean, it already is. It's proving that way, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned the waiting and the hoping. Uh, the metaphor that I've heard before, uh, uh, in, the guy who wrote the foreword for my book, a, a guy named Bill Bolden, uh, you know, DJ Spruke, he referred to it as the princess fantasy you know, waiting for your record label to come and save you, you know, rescue you from the tower. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I know. See, like I'm telling you, like every time I explain that to somebody, they go, yes, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and of course, that's a theme that we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is uh, technology has created a situation where all the things that record labels did record creation, promotion, distribution, fundraising, are now all things that are within the reach of any artist for pennies on the dollar, if you're willing to hustle for it. And if you can, and you can achieve those things on your own, you can achieve success without needing to, uh, give too much of something to the record companies. And, you know, you're, I think you're, you're right on point, Stephen. And, and that doesn't surprise me. You've, you've been in this business for a long time and you're clearly well connected with all these amazing people you got for your music launch, uh, uh, conference. Um, so this has been a treat and we definitely want to have you on again real soon. As soon as uh, you are done sleeping, cause I imagine you're exhausted and you're going to need to like <laughs> sleep for six months after this conference is over. But before you drift off to sleep or at least go back to the, the work of your uh, summit um, do you have any last tips that you can share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward?
2: Yeah. Last, last little bit I'll say is start something if you're dreaming about something and you've thought about it and it's been sitting there kind of like nagging, like, like touching it on the shoulder, like, Oh, do I do this? I sort of want to do this. That big dream, that big dream, like start it, get started in a small way because it can happen. You can pull it off. Uh, I'm, I mean, this is, uh, this is something, this summit is something that I've been wanting to do for like 18 months and I was kept putting it off Thinking, you know, letting the thoughts of what if it doesn't work? What if nobody says yes? What if nobody comes? What if, uh, you know, everything falls apart last minute? It's uh, it you can make it happen. So just get started on what that thing is. And and I'll say if you're not sure what to start, make a show for somebody else. And, and I think that's really helpful whether you're whether you want to book your first show or whether you're booking a new show, um, or whether you wanna start a meetup or whether there there are those ten bands in your in your area that all play a similar genre and you wanna put on a mini festival, like even if it seems crazy, start something. And and make a show for somebody else Uh, because people love coming to a show. And that's, you know, that's really the only reason that all these people have come because I'm putting on a show for other people. I've taken myself out of the equation. It's the same way that uh, we've been, you know, like that we've had our best gigs has been by putting on shows for our friends. So put on a show for someone and uh, and just get started because it can it can really take off when you when you least expect it
0: yeah be sure to check out the music launch summit it's going to be going live september 13th and uh find out all about our guest by going to steve that's s t e v e p a l f r e e y m a n. dot com steve thank you so much for being on with us
2: thanks for having me it's been a pleasure you're a star
0: oh bless your heart we'll be right (laughs) back on the break the (laughs) business podcast ryan here from the podcast if you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan KAIR. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Steve Palferman for joining us in the previous segment. You can check out his stuff at musiclaunchhub.com and Steve Palferman, P-A-L-F-R-E-Y-M-A-N.com. He keeps up our winning streak of awesome Aussies that we've had on this podcast, going, of course, back to Mary Amber, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. And they're just uh, awesome think, people all around. I think they're definitely in the top two of
1: Australians we've interviewed.
0: Certainly, for sure. Yes. God, how bad would it would be if there's like a third Australian that we can't remember who is on our podcast and he's like crying right now listening to this?
1: I don't know, but you brought up an interesting point because, well, never mind. I shouldn't say I don't remember some of the earlier guests. <laughs> you just did. Oh, I'm sure you'll edit it out. He won't. No, I won't. I feel
0: a little sad, Dave. Why do you feel sad, Ryan? Because you're not going to be here next week. And I'm. Nope. I'm happy for you that you're you know you're going to uh, Ozfest meets Knotfest. Oh wow, you remember the name? I do. Uh, Slipknot, Ozzy Osbourne. That's always going to be fun. And I'm glad because I, I mean you're always I love it when you come back from metal shows because you always have a spring in your step. But it's going to be sad doing this by myself.
1: But uh, yep, yep. Southern California is a calling. Um, so I'll be there for the uh, weekend. It's always hard to then leave afterwards. But there'll be a time where I just stay. After maybe after I get access to your bank account, just drain it. Then I'd stay. Yeah, that'd help. Anyway, so yeah, I'll be out there, and um, you know, actually, it's funny. I also got in the mail yesterday my vest. Oh, I saw this on Twitter. Tell people about your badass vest. Yeah, so I got it's a well, it's a black denim vest. That's a, but right now it's blank. It's a blank canvas. So I've got all my patches already. I've got or I'm waiting on a few more that I'm going to sew on or iron on. Um, now, when I say and, and basically create this see, this awesome metal vest battle jacket thing, and it's, it's it looks really awesome just on its own. But I'm like, I got to put all these patches on there. So I got Metallica, sure, Behemoth, the Monomorph, uh, Slayer, Anthrax, Starland uh, Vocal Band. What? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, a whole bunch of good bands and a few more, and I just got... I can't wait, you know, so yeah, I'm not going to have... I'm not going to have it with me at OzFest means OzFest. I'm going to unveil this next year during Metallica shows. Unless you're... You you do not want to take a blank vest. No, 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 no. So, um, yeah, man, I'm super-duper excited. Um, I don't know how to sew. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about this. I, I was like, so... does he know how to sew? Is this something I
0: don't know about him? I've known him for 20 years. No. I didn't know he had this talent. No sew. So... so what do you get? I mean, is this gonna be an Elmer's glue situation? No, no, no. Uh, no lick no. the back of no. it and hold it there for ten minutes. What? What are we doing?
1: No, no, no. I, I, I either. I need to find a seamstress to do it and like uh, sort of give it explicit instructions. what, what I need. Why you got to be so
0: gender normative? Why can't a seamster do it? Is that fine? A, is that actually the term? Like, what is what is a I, male seamstress? I don't know. I
1: don't know. <laughs> Whatever. F- yeah, if I can find a person, a human being. Why does it have to be a human being, idiot? <laughs> Why can't it be Molly the puppy with her little paws? Fine, if she can get like a little a needle and thread in there, rah, that's know. tough
0: to do without thumbs. That's that's a big handicap for. Okay. Of man. course now I'm being ableist, but
1: Yeah, so, oh, why <laughs> I Ryan? Know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why did why does someone have to have opposable oh. thumbs in order to use tools? Did not check my privilege there. Yeah, your human
0: privilege, you ass. Can I tell some before before we get back to your vest? Only cuz you brought up Molly. Um, can I tell you something Molly did this morning that just completely show maybe perhaps shows how bad I am as a dog parent? Ecstasy? Yes, that's right. Cuz Molly did Molly. That's right. Molly <laughs> Molly did Molly. Um, we're trying to housebreak this puppy, uh-huh. and of course, now that of course I tell the story, I'm going to get a bunch of tips from people. Oh, here's how you do it, and so we you know, we try to let her out to pee all the time, so she always pees, and so we open up her crate because she sleeps in the crate. That's not a, don't don't give me that look. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, They're air holes, right? Eh, okay. Air hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we we open up the I open up the crate and I open the back door. You know, the crate is right next to the back door, so she just turns left, goes out there. Instead, I see Molly get out of the crate, look at the back door, walk into the kitchen, and pee in the kitchen floor.
1: So You know what you got, you got to do is you got to do, like, in Jurassic Park. You got to take the crate right at the entrance, <laughs> you know, like, right in the beginning. Now, obviously, the, the Velociraptor knew what was going on and, like, backed you into the crate, and then that's how that guy dies. That's right. So she could run towards the back of the crate and then pull you into the crate and eat you to your death, which, you know... Seems plausible. You gotta roll the dice on that. Anyway, good interruption. What the hell are we talking about? Your vest. Oh, I at that point. Almost that done. Yeah. So I need to find a way to sew it on. I, my friend of mine in North Carolina. He, um, he yeah, he went to a, a person to sew things that sewed them, <laughs> and uh, I don't know whether or not that person had opposable thumbs. And um, so I I gotta do that, or I gotta learn how to do it myself. And maybe I should just learn how to do it myself for my own benefit. That seems like a useful exercise. I mean, if you're gonna if
0: you're gonna do a bunch of these anyway, why not pick up sewing? Yeah, I guess. That's, that seems like something that would impress a lady. I guess. I mean, I don't know. They probably think, oh, he can sew. That's that's really worldly and sensitive of him. Okay. Uh, all right. I mean, imagine this. Okay. Picture this. Picture this. All right. all
1: right. Pitch. Pitch me, Ryan.
0: You're at the festival next year. Yes. Okay. You got your badass vest with all your bands on it. You got your anthrax. You got your Metallica. You got your Starland vocal band. Looking good. All right. Beautiful woman walks up. Yes. Like cool metal chick. Ooh, I like this. And the first thing that she's going to point out is your badass vest. Yes. With everything sewn on. Why, thank you. And she's going to say that vest is awesome. That looks really cool. And what are you going to say? I sewed these on myself. Yeah. Boom. Somebody's getting a Starland vocal band afternoon delight. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What? what? (laughs) All of that was a long setup. A very long setup to get in my afternoon delight joke. (laughs) Wow.
1: Anyway. Um... So, Ryan yeah. on the board is something called pizza camp. Pizza
0: camp. I saw this online and I was like, I gotta talk to Dave about this. Okay, explain. Going on in Minnesota, okay, you picked a good weekend to go to Minnesota for that Metallica show. Yeah. But a you you should have gone this weekend. Oh, okay. Like you would not have been able to go see Metallica, but you would have been able to go to Pizza Camp. There is a adult pizza camp uh-huh. in Minnesota where it's a whole sleepaway camp for adults all about pizza, okay? Here are some of the things they offer. When you, when you get there, you are greeted with a pizza t-shirt, tote bag, and beer koozie. A pizza
1: t-shirt. Is that a t-shirt with pizza on it or a t-shirt made out of pizza? I kind of want it to be the second one. <laughs> like, you just sort of gnaw at it all trip. It's like, oh, it's so nice
0: and comfy and scalding
1: yeah. with the sauce.
0: <laughs> it burns. I have delicious third-degree burns all over yeah. me. Um, okay, uh, you get a mega pizza dinner with delivery pizza and pizza snacks and a make-your-own pizza bar at Pizza Camp. And and the 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 Pizza de Resistance. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> um, a cover band is there and plays songs about pizza
1: this seems insane. Like,
0: I kind of want to go. No. Cuz I love no, pizza. No, no, you no, no. know me. It's but, my favorite food. But
1: that would make you not like pizza afterwards. I'm not sure. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. sure. Essentially, by the way, right. It sounds like how long is this camp? Cuz it is September, by the way. So so, so summer camps are ending or they're, no, they're done. Yeah. Kids are in school. This just sounds Kids like this just sounds like you stayed overnight in an Italian restaurant. That's my dream. Like you hit in the kitchen. Everything's like closed up and locked down at night and dark. You come and turn back on and just like make oh, pizza.
0: It's a one night camp. So you're, you're talking about two days of pizza. So you're not going to lose your, like, you're not going to get sick of pizza. You're not going to eat so much pizza that you'll never want to eat pizza again. It's I just like, the right amount of time with pizza. I like pizza too, buddy, but not that much. You wouldn't go to a camp for, like, you love Metallica. Yes. If Metallica had a camp, you'd yeah. go to Metallica camp.
1: Well, yeah, because I'd also be meeting Metallica. Like, what? i have to meet pizza? I mean, because you're going to eat pizza, best meet and greet ever. It's It's a pleasure
0: to meet you. Uh, May I have a picture with you? Now I'm going to eat you.
1: And by the way, if there's no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there, I feel like it's a lost opportunity. That does seem like a natural cross branding that should happen. Yeah. No. See, these guys already messed up. All right. (laughs) Pizza camp.
0: It's going on this weekend, so y'all missed it. But next next year. Like, let's all mark our calendars. Apparently, Dave doesn't want to go, but you and li- you and me,
1: listeners, we're gonna have some pizza. It's gonna be great. Oh, well, I'll start the lactose intolerant pizza camp cause you you see, you didn't even think about those people. They can't go to pizza camp, Ryan. Check your privilege. Check your lactose privilege <laughs>
0: all right. Um, lack, lack priv. I love this story. Because this story reminds me of my own experience in high school. You, you teased me to this before we started recording, and this sounds awful. Well, well, I'm surprised to hear you say that, because well, allow, you know, let, let, let me just go yes. into it
1: Read here. this article that is not an excerpt so, from someone's book.
0: A body. high school English teacher in Dunville, Ontario, is from the Huffington Post, um, so Canada, uh-huh. you know, has been suspended for a month. Without pay, after allegedly using words that would never appear on a vocabulary test, Jennifer Elizabeth Green Johnson was suspended in August from her post at Dunville Secondary School for allegedly saying to a student, why don't you lick me where I fart? (laughs) Um... This is not the first time that this teacher has said some things in class that were objectionable. Christ. In March 2015, or allegedly said it was objectionable. We should probably have that qualifier. In March 2015, Green Johnson allegedly slapped a male student on the head and told him to grow some balls. Jesus. Um, She also has been accused of calling a student a bloody pedophile. Oh, my God. And telling another student that she looked like a frumpy old lady. And so I'm a little surprised to hear you say that this is strange for you because you went to, and I'm not saying it's completely similar, but you went to like a Catholic, Jesuit
1: I high school. I go to a Jesuit high school.
0: Catholic high school. Yeah. And I know that like the professor or the, the brothers there, the teachers, like they're, they're kind of tough. They're kind of strict, right? Like, like they're, they're, they're not wussy teachers. Like they're going to be a little rough with you.
1: No, don't turn on me. Complete your thought though. You said this teacher reminds you of yes, someone. Yes, that's true. Oh,
0: okay, fine. But I, I want to hear about some of your experiences. I'm not letting you off the hook here. But yes, part of me was like, or most of me was like, okay, this teacher's insane and should not be allowed anywhere near your students, clearly. But a part of me re- was reminded of a teacher I had in high school, and I don't want to mention this teacher's name because uh, I don't want to put him on blast, but there is a special place in my heart for this teacher because we had this teacher who taught math in my high school. And... He was so mean. He was verbally abusive to the students. He made kids cry.
1: Really? Yeah. Do you have any examples well, of what he said? Well, like,
0: you know, we'd be in class, and okay, he did this to me once. I did a homework for his class, and it was really hard. Uh-huh. And I got and I did terribly on it, and my paper was a mess. Uh-huh. And he comes into class the next day <laughs> and he he he's go, he's like, all right, let's go over the homework for today. And he prints out my homework on a um, the, the, the transparencies yeah. and puts it up on the overhead and just says, look at Corella's piece of crap here. All right, this is just a goddamn mess. All right, look at what he does here. Like, oh, my God. And just proceeds to go through my homework piece by piece in front of everybody in what's probably a FERPA violation <laughs> and just, like, walks through everybody. All right, here's what not to do. Like he's breaking it down like it's like a madden telestrator, like yeah. he's circling stuff like oh and look at this like he didn't like he completely messed up the derivative here just thought oh this is a this is a disaster and he, and he crunches the numbers and he doesn't even get the right answer here and and I'm like <laughs> I'm sinking out of my seat I'm crying and you know and and, 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 he, and he would tell other kids in class like he would be like oh wrong answer stupid and just you know he, and he just he would call everybody names and you know would often say words that you can't say anymore and the reason why he was able to get away with it Uh is because we all did so well on the ap test he brutalized and verbally abused us all the way to fives on the ap test for the class he taught and so we couldn't and so i think the 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 school probably knew what was going on, but kind of looked the other way because he was well, doing such a good job.
1: I think, let's be honest, uh, the principal you had at that time at that school also wasn't exactly a <coughs> basket of peaches himself. That's true. Um, and so he brought, but, and, but to this day, I mean, at the time. No, that guy is an asshole. I mean, yes.
0: But, and at the time, like, I'd I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd be crying after school. But Is he still alive? Yes. But Do oh. you I'll think s- he listens to the show? I doubt it. Call him an asshole right now. Uh, no, I wouldn't because here's why. Today, I I'm kind of thankful to have him. I mean, why? Maybe it's because he's they, horrible. Well, because maybe because the abuse has sort of worn off. But I look back today and I was like, man, I didn't. You have really, Stockholm syndrome a little bit. But I did really well in a class that I had no business doing well in. Because that guy was at Rutgers basketball coach. He was well. Well, think about Bobby Knight. Okay, Bobby Knight was an abusive basketball coach, and like stories came out of like stuff that he would do to be really mean to players. But if you go back and talk to those players who Bobby Knight coached, they all say, "Oh, I'm, I'm you know Bobby Knight's he's easily he was a father to me.
1: I'm you know I'm so grateful to have him in my life." Did but okay, this is weird because I feel like now this it, this is amazing. Essentially, we have now opened the door to. Uh, dictator head coach, necessary or not? He was dic- he was the dictator
0: head coach of teachers. Yes, I Jesus Christ. This is now a sports radio show. Now he's retired, and when he retired, like we were, like there were there were Facebook emails or Facebook messages of all my old friends saying like We need to do something for him. We need to like have a like a, an appreciation dinner just because of how because again, like he was mean as hell to all of us, but. He scared us into doing well wait, on this wait, 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 exam on because
1: but, we didn't want to disappoint him. But, but let's be clear here. It wasn't he was mean and then afterwards took you aside and gave you words of encouragement, right? It never was any positive words of encouragement. I think when we came back and like told him we got fives on the exam, he was just like, good. It's not that hard. <laughs> what a schmuck. <laughs> no, there's not, you have Stockholm Syndrome, sir. Because let's put it this way. You know, you have some family in the education business right? So, if they ever came up against a teacher like that, you would tell them probably, oh, get rid of that guy. Yeah. You wouldn't stand for it professionally as a lawyer. It's
0: true. It's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a hypocrite. You're subjecting our kids to that bullcrap right?
0: Well, and to be fair, I have no indication that this teacher is a good teacher, independent of the fact that she says things like, why don't you lick me where I fart?
1: Allegedly. (laughs)
0: Allegedly. Or something. (laughs) So, I mean, that's not told here, but if you told me that you know, she also was the greatest teacher in whatever subject she was in. I mean, I'm not saying that would excuse it, but I it make it harder for me to be like, oh, get rid of her.
1: No, and this is not some sort of like new age, where millennials, whatever, <laughs> where thirty year olds, like, oh no, build them up with kindness and get everyone A's. No, 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 no. If guess so, if stupid kids fail and fail that that freaking kid, they have to learn. But verbal abuse, I don't, I don't get down for that, man. But I want to bring this back to you. Because, again, you went to an all-boys Catholic, an all-boys Catholic school. school. You can't tell me
0: are that your teachers were sunshine and rainbows. Like, they had to have been tough on you.
1: They were tough, but it never devolved to the level of vicious name-calling. Well, keep in mind, they are also they were
0: also religious people. They're not going to uh, tell you to lick them <laughs> where they fart.
1: No, but yes. Like, but... Brother Eugene never said that in philosophy of game, No. <laughs> But
0: I imagine they were tough on you. Like, did did they were did, no, but did they you were get tough. slapped
1: with rulers or anything like that? Actually, I missed corporal punishment by a few years. Really? Yeah. They had phased it out just before you got there. It, but it was there, like in the nineties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was just like it was a few years before I got there. But again, man, they, they weren't like assholes about it. It's like, yeah, is there a different, is there a different way they connect a class because it's all boys? You know? Yeah, there was a little bit of a different thing. You know, and also the fact that we had ties in our uniforms, and so, you know, everyone sort of talks about the fact that, you know, oh, it's a great nose shield where someone farts in class.
0: <laughs> I didn't even realize that, because I, I, I never did the all-boys school thing. No, yeah. But I'm guessing flatulence is a,
1: makes much more appearance in that setting. Yeah, because it's just a bunch yeah. of, like, 15-, 16-, 17-year-old boys, so. Yeah. It's just know. nothing but us guys. Yeah. yeah. This, this is a weird episode <laughs> i really liked this d block i know it's fine yeah it's it's different it just i i never thought this was gonna happen when we walked in here i can't help but think that the
0: listeners want to know more about us and want to hear our funny stories you know we come in each week and we give them advice about the music industry well then
1: here's we, here's the can i give you a piece of advice then write real articles and don't just excerpt your book maybe that's something you should think about buddy original content it was original content. It was original
0: when I wrote it.
1: You just don't a recycle stuff, ago. okay? You don't recycle stuff, okay? You don't want to be a hoser and recycle things, okay? Yeah. Hey,
0: wait, wait, what's Canada Dave doing here?
1: Oh, I was making, I was making a joke. Because what? Because I was being were... very meta. Because I recycle that a lot of times. Oh, oh, you <laughs> Are Cause... we doing this again? Where we're ending weird. Yeah, kind of. Like, what's our time check on this? Uh, okay, you want a time check? Eh, about 18, 19
0: minutes. Ooh. We can we can wrap up do you want to wrap up yeah we got we got a uh my, my, my wife's throwing a party right now we can uh yeah and get also because and-
1: we got to get out of here before uh a whole group of people just start talking in the background and making a whole bunch of noise that's right you know so yeah i think we should probably end even though again the, these last two weeks have been uh nice like the most polished stuff by us whatever it's a podcast hey i like what
0: we've been putting out here our thanks to steve paul for joining us my thanks to you dave i'm gonna miss you next week
1: buddy oh yeah man yeah. be safe come back safe i yeah i will you know you know me man i'm gonna have some fun out there i'll give you my report from uh, socal man it's gonna be with the rest of my like socal friends and everything well actually i don't know anyone out there right now I was about to say yeah no now that our friends moved from la you
0: know somewhere else oh yeah uh, yeah. uh evan and elisa they've been on the podcast before they just moved to
1: dallas which is nice because they're a little bit closer to us that's cool yeah, all right. But now I got no one. I get no. I got no friends out there now, man. Ah, oh, bummer. Oh, by the way, go U M F S U. Yeah, Canes <laughs> win. Uh, Seminoles got destroyed, decimated. <laughs> it was like worst loss in school history or something like that. Yeah, they should probably just shut down that program. Yeah, yeah, just shut down the whole university. Yeah. Also, did you hear they have like hand, foot, and mouth disease up there in the dorms? Oh god, I heard about that. That's. I I really hope they take care of that. I don't want. I hope they sick. take care I, of yeah, that, no, no, but that's, it's that's, sort of kind of kind of you know matches and jives and everything, but you know. Um, hey man, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Hurricanes, buddy.
0: Thanks all very much for listening to the Break the Business Podcast. Bye. <laughs>